All right, everybody, we're back um, with the Street Hockey Life podcast. It's been a little while. We're in the we're in the new year, uh, 2022. Um, Dan and I have been obviously very busy with a couple of different things. We're preparing for our own uh, upcoming seasons. We've got new new uh, new launches coming. We've got a new adaptive program for getting um, youth hockey players, uh, even adults that have special needs, and and sort of providing that program. So it's a new thing. Um, we get a chipmunk program coming up, and we also have our regular season that will start in the summer. So we get a lot going on. We're still trying to build this rink. Um, but as always, my co-host, uh, Dan, how you doing, buddy? Uh, yeah, doing well. Just like you said, it's been a pretty busy 2020, 2022, basically kicked off with, you know, trying to get stuff done, you know, with the ho- after the holidays wrapped up, you know, the, the, even just the weather in New England has been, you know, touch and go in terms of, you know, super cold from a, you know, ice hockey rink perspective. Uh, you know, we had a really good year um, at a really fun birthday party on, on the rink. That was a lot of fun. And then as Kyle said, focusing on getting our new programs, because even the Chipmunk League, that's a new program as of starting in the spring. You know, we did it for the first time in the fall. We're trying to pick it up back again in the spring. Um, you know, my daughters are pretty excited. Uh, they can't wait to get back out there. So that's really good. Um, we need to. But yeah, um, that's been pretty much it. We'll need to find a location for this uh, while the while our rink is under construction. But uh, yeah, and I had the opportunity for the birthday party to skate myself on the uh, <laughs> the new improved rink that, um, you know, Dan and I, we almost did a video on it, but didn't. But he did a great job of building the rink up this year and uh, we got a chance to skate on it. I, I first time uh, and now it's 60 degrees today in New England as we're filming this. So um, but anyway, good job on that. So today we have a, a special guest. Uh, we have Mr. Scott Tarzi, who many people know in the ball hockey world, um, basically the founder of the high school ball hockey league. Um, you know, I've been very impressed. I've been wanting to talk to him for a very long time. Um, and, you know, Scott, from, from my perspective, you know, Corey Hersk has talked highly of you um, from USA ball hockey and things like that. So today we're going to learn all about high school ball hockey. And from, from our perspective, um, you know, someday, hopefully in New England, we'll have potentially some sort of high school program as well. So we're going to be bottling off Scott today. But uh, thanks so much for joining, Scott. We, we, we appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Excellent. And um, so I know there's been a lot of developments going on with you. But just to get started, I mean, how did you get into the world of, of ball hockey? Uh, to start in ball hockey? Um, well, I, I played a little bit of ball hockey uh you know, way back in the early 70s, um, not in any organized fashion. We literally just played in the street. Um, myself and all of the uh, all the neighborhood kids, we played against other neighbors, uh, other neighborhoods. Um, and, you know, we played with, uh, you know, the, the orange ball or when they went in the sewer, we played with a tennis ball or whatever, whatever we could find. Um, and it was not organized at all, and I was not very good. I did have a couple friends that were pretty good, pretty good hockey players, but uh, I wasn't good. And after that, uh, you know, I kind of lost touch with the ball hockey world until my until my sons were about you know six, seven years old, and they wanted to play in the local league. Um, and then I got I got involved, and you know that's so 24, 25 years ago now. Um, I got involved in uh, in the Marlton hockey hockey program and 
I coached for a little bit of time, then I ran one of the divisions and I ended up running the, the entire league for a number of years as a commissioner. Um, when I took over as commissioner, we had about 250 kids in the program. When I stopped, we were just over 700, 750 kids, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so the program was pretty good size for South Jersey. Um, after that, I, uh, I coached some tournament hockey starting back, I guess, 2006. Um, this past year, I didn't coach. It was the first time I didn't coach in, in, in our rec league, in our, in our tournament league for, you know, this past winter season. So it's been quite a, quite a stint. I, I put a couple years in with, uh, with Ashy and, uh, Chris Banks and, and Ricky Lapierre and, uh, you know, the guys up in Milek. Uh, ran the juniors program for uh, a few a few seasons there, um, and you know that's basically my my background in in hockey. Excellent. And with with, with being down in you know in South Jersey, are, are kids are kids playing ice hockey too down there, or is this just primarily a lot of ball? No, they play uh, they play a lot of ice hockey. Um, it, it becomes a little bit of a conflict in, uh, in the ice hockey, ball hockey world because the seasons overlap. Um, so a lot of the top end kids end up going to ice hockey. And, and then, you know, you have the uh, conflicting, uh, conflicting schedules. Um, what I've seen, though, is um, over the last 20 years, the, the ice hockey guys really love it when they get a ball hockey player. If a kid who's played ball hockey for a few years and they've been taught the, the, the real basics of the game. So, you know, they step on the ice and they teach them how to skate and they don't have to teach them so much the hockey part of it. And they put, you know, two and two together and four comes really quickly for those kids um, versus just learning how to skate and play hockey at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. We, I, I feel like my, you know, Danny... Danny mentioned he has twin girls, and then I have I have three girls myself, and um, our the, his twin girls and my girls are close in age. They're uh, well, they're six, and then we have a four year old, and my youngest daughter is only two, and then my nephew Tyler, he's three now, right there. So yeah, um, but they're actually their first stick is really it's 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 introduction to street hockey. It's actually not ice, whereas. My father had my brother and I skating first. <laughs> I mean, being from, you know, being from New England, we, we had skates on by, we, by the time we were three. So right. for our kids, for our kids, it's sort of the opposite. Um, they're used to now, uh, it's, it's more putting a street hockey stick in their hand and, and having them go for it. And of course, where we have these programs where we're running it, it's easy to put our kids in it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they get the, the I don't know, I don't know, Dan, if you want to add to how your kids enjoy it, but my daughter's one daughter is still a little intimidated, but uh, it, it's it's interesting because I, I'm I'm a big advocate of that where you know teaching kids how to stick handle doesn't have to be right on the ice right away. You can, you know, I, I spent many years in a driveway honing my stick handling ability, so um, I'm a huge advocate. Well, yeah, and I think for us, it's even just the idea with the, the what we try to preach is even just the idea of just carrying the ball, even not not even stick handling, but building that confidence of carrying the ball where it can roll with you. And then you kind of can build a lot more aggressiveness than this tentative behavior on the ice where you're just going up and down, you know, mm -hmm. like when I was a kid the, I played and I just went, you know, my dad would tell me, okay, go, you know, blue line to blue line. So then I'd go out there, I'd go blue line to blue line. And then he'd be like, all right, then you can turn in once in a while. And then I'd go down and I'd just turn in, you know, and, 
and whereas at least with street hockey, what's been nice about my girls is that, uh, you know, they've really taken off running and being a lot more aggressive than you would realize, you know, so that's, yes. you develop that, you know, cause I'm kind of about, uh, just running around being more aggressive and you can always tailor that back or, you know, pull it back later instead of being tentative and then trying to build that drive. So that's what, you know, one of the cool things I think that, um, the street hockey lends itself to that, that, you know, covering a lot of area, things like that. Absolutely. So it, with you being in, you know, being in New Jersey, you have a ton of experience coaching, you manage coaches now. How did you, how did you actually come up with the high, with, with this high school ball hockey league? Yeah. So, so, so that's a little bit of a misnomer. I, I did not come up with the league. Um, I was actually at home. I received a phone call from one of the, the guys who, runs uh, one of the local youth organizations and said, hey, Scott, we're going to have a meeting of a bunch of coaches. Uh, we want you to come and, and, and you know, sit in on the meeting and, and provide some input and see what we're, we're going to do. And what the meeting really was, was from was um, some of the smaller clubs um, couldn't put together their own rec leagues, um, mostly in the cadet division. So they would end up with one or two teams each and they were trying to figure out okay if I have a team and you have a team how do we kind of merge them together and do it you know where it's uh, competitive games and you know what rules are we going to play with and, and under and that's that was really this the start of the meeting and and as the meeting progressed it really became in well what if we did it by high school um, you know how would that look and you know, who would run it and what rules are we going to play under? Where would we play? What time of the year? All that kind of stuff. And that meeting lasted, oh, a good three, four hours. There were some wings and beers involved. And, um, you know, everybody left the meeting um, kind of really on a high note of, oh, you know, this is really interesting. Um, and then as things go um, and everybody gets into their really busy world, um, the next two or three days was kind of radio silence by everybody. Um, and having, having only older kids now, like my, my oldest is 30 and my youngest is 25. Um, you know, I'm sitting around going, okay, this is a great idea. Well, this is, we have to do this. So I, I sent a note to a couple of the guys and said, Hey, is, is anybody like, you know, being the, being the forefront of this is going to, is going to spearhead this thing. And they're like, no, if you want to do it, go for it. Uh, <laughs> and I, that's all I needed. Literally. I mean, uh, it's really all I needed. Um, I, I drafted a, uh, a note, put it up on Facebook, threw it out there, and almost instantaneously, my phone just absolutely blew up. Um, and the first season, uh, we pulled together in, uh, in 60 days, um, the entire league, from scheduling to uh, rosters to uniforms, refs, the whole thing in 60 days uh, was, was kind of hectic. Um, but my, my brother, uh, Mike, and Mike Mowry from Medford, uh, they, they helped me uh, a lot running the league. Sorry about that. That's my dog in the background. Hold on a second. Getting a delivery, so I guess. Uh, um, I mean, for us, Scott, it's usually kids coming in and out of the rooms, you know. Yeah. No <laughs> well, my granddaughter's here also, so uh, she's, she's four. She started Chipmunks this year, which is a blast. There's, there's, there's awesome. nothing better than, than watching your grandchild play ball. Um, That's awesome. So, hold on one second for me. 
Yeah, my dog does the opposite. She'll not bark at someone a foot from the door, but will bark at the guy 30 feet away walking by. Yeah, right. That, it's that, all about yeah. the perimeter. She's, you know, kind of like a, a flock guardian territorial, but it's like she, I don't know, she's crazy. She doesn't yeah. make any sense to me, but her mind works in certain yeah. ways. That's my, my son's dog is the same way. And, uh, and, and if you get in the house, you're good. You can take whatever you want, but you'll never get in. <laughs> um, but, uh, but all good. So, so that was really the start of it. In the, in the first season, we had 12, 12 teams, 12 different schools. Um, and then the, the second season, we uh, went from 12 to 18 varsity teams and six JV teams. Last year, we... Uh, we decided we were going to do a test market in the in the middle school, and we asked six middle schools, uh, you know, guys with kids in six middle schools, hey, would you be interested? And they said yes. So I posted on Facebook, hey, we're going to have a new middle school division. These are the six teams, and my phone starts ringing. What do you mean? We're not included. We're not allowed to play. I'm like, no, you want to play. Like, it was just going to be a test market. But um, That's awesome. We went to 14 middle schools last year. Um, and, and this year, between the, the, the varsity, the JV, the middle school, looks like we're going to be up around 44 to 50 teams. Um, and now we just, um, we just added an all-female division, which will be a draft division, uh, to play at the same time. So that's six to 12th graders. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Well done. Thank you. Well done, really. You guys, oh, you guys yeah, doing a great bro. thing. I mean, what we we've just to sort of piggyback. I have, we obviously have more questions about how the program is set up, but I mean, from like where Dan and I grew up in Gloucester, Mass, which um, we played, we played up. We had a team, Scott, that played in the U.S. Nationals in Lemonster, and we had a we had about fifteen kids that had never stepped foot on a ball hockey rink before, or on a deck <laughs> rink, whatever you want to call it. And we opened up against Gloucester, New Jersey. So it was like, it was like, a, it was comical because Gloucester, New Jersey obviously has a really good program down there. And then yeah. us who has, you know, we were practicing on, you know, a, a hundred foot rink for a little while. And um, so anyway, but uh, you know, where we grew up, it, I didn't find out about Lemonster till I was in high school. Um, and Gloucester is probably, I don't know, Dan, it's, it's a, it's a hike from Gloucester and Lemonster. They're, they're about an hour and 15 minutes apart, but um, I was driving on a on I was driving to a game, uh, one of my high school games as as a as obviously as a player, and we went right by Route Two where Lemonster is, and that was like I'm like oh that looks really cool that's a, that's a street hockey rink that looks that, I'd love to play on that, and now my life is more involved in street hockey than it is in ice. But the reason why I'm sharing all this is that you know the natural progression for for an ice hockey player is you obviously you play for your town team, maybe you play selects, then you go to middle school, potentially play for your middle school team, and then it's it's off to high school. Um, and then hopefully if you're good enough, it's off to college and things like that. Whereas whereas with you, you've kind of already you're already establishing that for for a ball hockey player. Um, do do kids feel that way that they're like progressing towards, hey, I'm gonna play for my high school team someday? Does that make sense, that question? It, the, the question makes sense. Um, and and part, of our, um, part of our discussions when we were putting the lead together really centered around um, growing the game, right? So a lot of people talk about growing the game. What we didn't want to do is 
we didn't want to infringe on the established clubs, right? So there's a lot of established clubs down here in South Jersey that have different seasons, different times of the year. And, and we didn't want to go out and start um, pulling kids from those programs. So, so this really was in addition to, um, in addition to those programs, another avenue for these kids to play where they can play with, um, with their buddies they go to school with. Um, I, I'm not sure how it is up, uh, up by where you live, but here there's a couple of really large programs. They pull from the surrounding towns. Um, they have, you know, we, we have a couple of clubs that are, you know, I'll call them super teams. You know, every year they're in the mix. Um, every year they pull two or three more kids from other programs that are really good. And it, it drives the competition overall down. The higher level competition gets better and better, but competition pool gets tighter and tighter, if that makes sense. Um, this, the way we have this league set up, both middle school and high school, is you have to attend the school you play for. There are no sending districts. You can't, you know, if you live in Marlton, but you go to a private high school, you have to play for the private high school. Go put a team together. Uh, the first year, we had a little bit of pushback on that. Um, and when folks realized that, hey, we're really serious about that role, you know, we're not going to grant exceptions, we started seeing a, a, an influx of some of the other schools. Um, even, you know, we even have uh, a couple of the, the Votech schools now have, have teams. Uh, so CCIT and GCIT and CCTS, they all have, you know, teams now in, in, involved because they want to, you know, those kids want to play. Um, so it's, 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 it's been fun. That's excellent. Is in, you know, the fact that there's varsity and JV, are there different divisions that like a bigger school that has bigger teams? I mean, is that potentially an anticipation that you might do or? Yeah, we've, we've had some talks about that. Um, how we, um, how we tear off the, uh, the, the schools. Um, actually, I was on the phone yesterday with Anthony San Rocco, who I know you guys know really well, talking about the NBHL. Um, and how he has his tier set up. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have a, a little bit of a problem with the, um, we don't want to have blowouts, right? Like that's, we, we want to have competitive games. Nobody wants to lose 10 nothing. Nobody wants to win 10 nothing. Um, well, if you do, maybe you shouldn't be playing this game, uh, <laughs> right? Um, it, it's not necessarily though the size of, of the high school, more where the high school's located. So the high schools that are located closer to the established rinks have more kids that play ball hockey. Um, yes, they have more, more kids in the school, student population, but just, be, just because there's more kids in the school doesn't necessarily mean there's more kids that play ball hockey. Um, so it's, it's been a, a little bit of a challenge. Uh, the first couple of years wasn't so much, like right? we only had 12 teams the first year, so everybody played. Um, you know, last year we ended up with an East and a West division. This year, it looks like an East and a West, um, quite possibly a, a short division, not set yet, but we have a lot of interest now from, from schools towards the shore area. Um, so it, that's still up in the air, depending on how many teams actually register and complete registration, because we have roster limitations and, 
and requirements that, that we have to fulfill in order for them to play. So how big are the rosters then? So the roster, the minimum uh, roster size is 15 and maximum is 24 for each, both varsity and JV. Uh, and the reason we went with a, a minimum of 15 is because we do not want to have any forfeits. And the, the kids obviously play, you know, it's high school. They play high school sports and there's a lot of conflicts. Um, and we only play on Sundays, okay. but so do all of their other clubs, right? They're at the ice hockey club plays on the soccer club teams play on Sundays. Um, you know, the, the high school sports themselves don't play typically on Sundays. Um, they, the, the high schools down here really shied away from playing on Sundays and practicing on Sundays. So, but so when, when does the actual season start and when does it roll through? And then I'm. Um, so, so the season, yeah. So the season starts uh, the Sunday after Labor Day. We only play on Sundays and we end the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So it's a 10 or 11 week period. We only play on Sundays um, and we play on Sundays because when we were first talking about it, I reached out to a bunch of high school kids and said, hey, if this league happens, when can you play? And they all wrote back Sunday mornings, which really kind of surprised me a bit because when I was in high school, I didn't want to get up and do stuff on Sunday mornings. There was other stuff in <laughs> my head, right? Like, but they said, yeah, Sunday's mornings. If, if, if we're going to play, we have to play Sunday mornings. We can't play, you know, during the weeknights are no good because of all other practices and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, nobody wants to play on Saturdays. You know, high school, if they have their Saturdays off, they want off. Gotcha. Dan, do you have any questions on that? I, 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 well, one, just out of curiosity, if even if a nighttime was a better time, do is it pretty standard or commonplace for all the rinks to have lights? So, so the first three seasons, we used um, two of the local rinks here. Um, one is in uh, Medford, New Jersey, and uh, that is a full-size deck um, with lights. And then we have uh, three rinks in my hometown that are all decked now um, with lights that we have had access to. Um, the local programs here have been really good to us um, and, and helped us out there. Um, so we had four full, full size rinks with lights that we're able to use um, because with the, the middle school um, league last year, we started that on Sundays, but that they started at five o'clock in the afternoon and they went till nine o'clock at night. So the lights really became a, a factor. So, um, yeah, lights are, uh, lights are needed. We decided, uh, you know, one of the first things we decided was we want all the games to be played on deck. We want all the games to be played on rinks that are, you know, as, as close to the same size as, as possible. Um, and we kept them all, I'll say, local uh, to the guys that are running the league so we can oversee it the first couple of years to make sure that we don't have – uh, code of conduct violations and that stuff. We want to, want to keep a real, real tight noose around that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Dan. Just uh, well, yeah. I think on that, that on the rule side of things, do you guys have your own rule book, or do you follow like USA Ball Hockey? You know, is it floating blue or is it you know red line? So we play uh, the same rules uh, as I, I believe all of the all of the youth. Uh, programs down here in South Jersey and the youth tournaments. So it's floating blue line, blue line icing. Um, uh, there's a, a little bit of modification on the rules um, in that we play 12-minute periods versus 10. 
and we play two full minute penalties. Um, so I know a lot of places play a minute penalty. Uh, we want the penalties. We don't want a lot of penalties. We don't want a lot of issues. So we, we made the penalties two minutes um, and they count. You know, you get a two minute power play, you can really set up and, and do some damage. Um, and that's, yeah. it's penalty. It's called a penalty for a reason. Uh, it's, it's supposed <laughs> to hurt the team. <laughs> I, I was just I was just curious. Was Marlton where the uh, the NBHL had their cup? Yeah, uh, Marlton's where the NBHL had their their cup. Uh, I don't know uh, if you know. Uh, Anthony actually is a is a, a Marlton was a Marlton resident. I know he's out on the West Coast now. Um, yeah. he's my son's age. He played with one of my one of my sons, my oldest son, growing up. Um, so I've known Anthony for you know the better part of twenty five years now. That's awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a he's a great guy. I mean, they, yes, the he is. Has done. Like with what you're doing, the NBHL, it's it's really exciting to see uh, the, the the progress. Um, you know where where to be frank with you, like where we are in, in north of Boston, 30 miles, like like Lemonster, Pittsburgh. Um, they're you know they're the uh, they're the hub of street hockey in the state of Massachusetts. And then you know there's other little pockets that are that are down in South Coast ball hockey, which is in you, close to the Rhode Island border, they're doing great stuff too. So we're hoping to get like a niche market going uh, in the North Shore. But we, we've talked a lot to Anthony about growing leagues and things like that. And like I said, Scott, your name your name comes up a lot when talking about growing the game as well. So um, I, I did I did want to ask you, how big is the mountain rinks? I, I heard they're bigger. They're about 180. Is that true? Eight, they're, they're, all three of them are 80 by 180. Okay, so they are bigger. Okay. Yeah, so, 80 yeah. by 180. Um, so one of, one of the things that is, is interesting, I don't know much about New Jersey's, you know, when it comes to the sports, I'm assuming football is big. Uh, I don't know, like, I don't know high school hockey, in New Jersey, but do you ever anticipate that this, that your program becomes a part of like in Massachusetts, it's called the Massachusetts interscholastic I think it's Athletic Association, the MIAA. Do you ever anticipate that this program kind of becomes part I of don't. That? I, I, I don't. Um, and, and so in, in New Jersey, we have the same thing as the NJISSA, I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, it's all part of this, the school districts and this, you know, all, all that, you know, part of the state. I don't, and I... I don't see that happen because it hasn't happened with the ice hockey guys yet. And they've been okay. around for a long time. Um, I, I don't know if it's an insurance thing, if it's a manpower thing, if it's a combination. Um, and, and at the same time, if it did become part of the school or the state, then the schools and the state would then have to have uh, control of the league and, and the coaching situation. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Which, might be good, might be bad, depending on how it's set up. Um, but right now, all of our coaches in the in the high school league um, are are dads, right? They're, the majority of them are are dads that you know their kids play ball. They've coached in local leagues. The kids want to continue to play, um, so they're involved. Um, we do have strict um, strict coaching standards, though, in the in the league, and and they're really forced on us by the state, which is good. Uh, New Jersey has uh, what they call uh, a little league law. It was started in baseball, but it's through all youth sports. So if you coach a youth sports team uh, in New Jersey, 
you have to be uh, certified by the state. It's a three-hour course. Um, it's put on by Rutgers. Um, you can take it online now. Uh, it's good for life. And then you have to have a concussion and a background check. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, I just the, the only and I'm not saying that it needs to be under like the NJ whatever that group is i was just curious if you had ever thought that that's where it would head so yeah um that was just out of curiosity yeah we actually have um because the name is high school ball hockey league every time we have a new school um or a new team that wants to um to join they always say oh do i have to get the superintendent's approval or i have to get the athletic <laughs> department's approval i'm like no I'm like yeah. they they actually if you call them they're gonna like no we don't know anything about them we don't want to know anything about them um good luck <laughs> but uh yeah so it, it's 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 been we actually had one school reach out that was about two weeks ago and uh one team i say and uh they went to the superintendent and the superintendent actually blessed it and they're like yeah you can do it no problem uh, and you can use the school name and I'm like, really? They said, yeah. And they're like, absolutely. I'm like, that's, that's cool. interesting. They're like, oh, well, the, the kid, the kid, you know, one of the kids in the, uh, on the school board, I guess one of his parents is on the school board. So I guess that helped a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> again, it's all who you know sometimes. That's right. You're <laughs> absolutely right. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Cause we, I mean, we, I mean, we, I know that I know Lemonster in Pittsburgh. I, I, like I said, I don't know how much you know about those programs, but they actually combine their cadet program so that they could, have a season and I, I think it's done I think it's done fairly well um and I did they, they did that last year so uh how about how about practices and 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 things like that though do the kids practice do they how does that work with busy schedules so it really depends on the team um I'll give you two extreme examples um my brother coaches uh Shawnee ball hockey um they're in the next town over from from where I live and they practice all summer um once or twice a week and, you know, it was really team-driven, player-driven. The, the players reached out to my brother and said, we want to practice, you know, you know, find us some, some ring time and such. And they did. They practiced, and um, they did really well this year. Um, my team, I coached Cherokee, which is where I went to high school, actually, so that's pretty fun for me. Um, my team told me, look, we just want to show up and we want to play. We don't want to have practice. We're doing so many other things, you know. Please don't make us practice, you know, once or twice a week. So literally in two years, we've had one practice. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lucky. I have some really gifted athletes on the team. Um, so we, we get lucky that way. Um, but that's really two extremes. Um, some teams practice, some teams don't. All of the local rings have been really good as long as we provide them with a certificate of insurance. Um, you know, they, they, they get us on the rink where we, where we need to. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So you have freshmen through seniors playing together then? Just we, like have, a we have freshmen through seniors playing together. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. Um, now, here, the other question that I have is like, you know, obviously, I mean, Danny can tell you stories. We, we went to the same high school for, well, uh, he graduated from there, and then I went off to, to a different prep school. But uh, on game days um, – Remember this, Dan? This is sort of a little story, Scott. But they, the cheerleaders used to decorate our lockers. Remember that, Dan? Did they do that for you? When, yeah, you know. Yeah. So the question that I'm asking you is not really about cheerleaders. It's about um, <laughs> is, is, do, you, do you feel like there's school spirit in these games? Do you feel like that might be the future? Or is this just sort of a – I mean, I know Sunday mornings, it's <laughs> – like you said, it's hard to get high school kids out of bed sometimes. Um, 
but is there school spirit? Is there things like that? There's, there's definitely school spirit. Um, a lot of the teams have their own uh, Facebook pages and they, and they post stuff about their, their, their players and their teams. Um, there's some, there's some school rivalries going on now. Um, one of them is obviously uh, my, my brother's team, Shawnee, and, and, and my team, Cherokee. They're, <laughs> they're cross-town rivals, you know, to, yeah. to, you know, town next to each other. Um, but there's a lot of that, um, a lot of that going on. Um, the middle school division, um, the, the folks who won the championship this year, they actually, the, the principal allowed them to put the trophy in the trophy case. Um, at the local school, which is really cool. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, it's, uh, we we don't we don't get a lot of uh, we don't we don't get a lot of outside fans um, for the playoffs because all of the players know each other as teams got eliminated. A lot of the other players um, hung around and watched the uh, the playoff games because all these kids play together. On, on different club teams. So they're playing against each other for the high school, but when tournament season starts up, they're, they're on, a lot of them are on, the, you know, the same teams. It's awesome. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I, it, it's a, it's such a, I mean, it's such a cool idea. I mean, I, I mean, obviously those, you know, the school spirit, that's a sidebar from the, from what, how the league is operating, but uh, still it's, that's, that's excellent. Um, I mean, do you anticipate that that might be the case where you're getting more fans for these, for these kids someday or, uh, it grows in that area. I, I think so. Um, you know, the, the first year was a really small league. The, the, the last two years, um, well, the, you know, the, the second year was pandemic and we played, um, you know, the, the coaches wore masks and the, we limited fans and we spaced out the games, um, trying to discourage people from coming to the, to, to the games. Last year was, was a little bit more open. Um, this year I anticipate it being wide open and, um, yeah, I'm hoping we, we, we have some more, some more fans. Last year, we also, uh, we went to, uh, season cast. Um, are you guys familiar with season cast? They have a online subscription streaming service. Um, so we streamed all of our games live, um, which, you know, then we could go back and, uh, and, and watch. Uh, so they're all, they're all saved in the cloud, so to speak. And, you know that that helped us a bit. Season, I, we, I've never heard of season cast. Although we're always interested in that for you know someday having our own way of streaming games. So if we if we would have a, a, a tournament, obviously. So yeah, that was it. Was really economical. Um, yeah. The 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 season cast itself is uh, is is not too expensive. You buy a channel. Um, we broadcast with an iPad um, and an Air Card. It was it was it was pretty easy. We actually had a uh, one of the local players from Lenape. Uh, his name's Owen Case. He did all of our all of our broadcasting. He put together a whole team of high school kids that showed up and ran the iPads, and then they cut video and made highlights and all that kind of stuff. They did a great job for us. That's awesome. Awesome, yeah, that's cool. Um. I'm I'm so impressed. I, I really am. I, I I think it's like I said. I think it's great what you guys are 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 doing. Um, you know, finding time for high school kids to keep playing and competing. I I hopefully we'll be able to watch some. I I mean, Dan knows this. I've I watch. I try to watch some games from afar. Obviously, being up in up in Massachusetts. Um, 
but uh, sort of forward thinking is, is how do you feel like, I, I, I kind of want to go back to this question again, but with the teams being East and West, how many rinks you got Martin, how many, like, what's the radius of these, of these teams, you know, are they within 50 miles of each other? I mean, how does that look? Right now they're um, so, so this season, 2022 will be within about 60 miles of each other. And we know for this season, we're going to have to expand the, uh, the, the rink. So, so the last, the first three years, we used just two facilities. Um, we've already talked to Gloucester. They've agreed to allow us to uh, come in and, and, and host some games there. Also been talking to some of the folks at the shore, uh, particularly in Egg Harbor Township. Uh, Egg Harbor Township High School is coming in this year about, you know, allowing us to host some games, you know, down, down towards that way. Um, but that's not owning a rink um, is the limiting factor, right? So we need to secure facilities before we grow the league really any further than than Jersey. Um, we've had some conversations with Andy, Anthony San Rocco about how he you know grew the NBHL. Um, that's the goal. Like, our goal is to have a national high school and a national middle school league, um, and then at the end of the season, have the top teams come together and have a true high school national championship. Um, now that's probably a few years off still, um, but that's that's the goal. That's awesome. I, I think we, uh, I mean, I don't know, Dan, if you want to answer, you know, I mean, that would be something that we would potentially have interest in as well. Um, you know, being able to have a, Dan, you might want to help me out with this thought. Yeah, I, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, the word that comes to my mind is almost like, a, you know, the franchise opportunity, the idea of, you know, us putting together based on the template or, or working with under, under this ball hockey league, um, you know, would be in, would be exciting because I think even talking to, um, I remember I don't remember his name, but the guy, the son from Milek, which was talking about how we have so much dis, yeah, so Anthony, where it's there's so many disconnected rules and rink sizes and things like that. Whereas we don't want to create more of a problem. We want to work underneath, you know, a body or under rules and management that all makes sense so that we can you can have enough consistency at a national level where yes we played on the same or similar size we run by the same rules and um you know and that's a really exciting thing to think about i think for the north shore the biggest issue is still there's not you know rinks everywhere that you know are conducive to to playing at a high level that's our biggest challenge and in Gloucester, Massachusetts, is the kids have played on a basketball court their whole career, and that's why we're trying to get this rink going because then you really open up everybody to the world of ball hockey. Yeah. So, so, yeah. yeah, so I, I agree. Um, and I think that the um, – I'll say the franchise tag uh, is really the way to go is in, in order to grow the high school ball hockey league, both the high school and the middle school division, we're going to have to have agreements in place with folks like you. Um, where we come in and say, hey, you know, if you're interested, this is the format. This is the, you know, these are the playing rules that we're, we're going with. We would like you to, to host. Um, the, the key there is I think when we grow, 
we, we have to do it at single facilities to start, right? So to come in and do it the same way we did it the first year, so you have real strict controls on um, Yeah. And you and you've already been and you've already been successful, uh, you know, in creating a model that works, you know. And I I love the idea of of what you're saying, where you know everybody comes together for a national tournament, or you know, the NBHL is the the two teams, isn't it? Like the two teams that either win win their playoffs or the runner up, they're invited to the Milet Cup. Um, is that what? Is that sort of what you're suggesting? Or Absolutely. I- that's that's exactly where uh, we're looking to model it after. Uh, okay. So depending on maybe the size of your local program, um, maybe it's the winner, maybe it's the, the winner and the finalist, um, you know, depending on how many teams and how many divisions and have a, you know, a 16 or a 24 team, you know, weekend tournament and, you know, not always do it in the same location and, and allow yeah. these players then to to travel. I know uh, Anthony said he's having it again in, in Marlton. Um, you know, one of the things that you have to look at when you're trying to host a tournament, as I'm sure you know, is, you know, how many rinks do you have and how many hours in the in the day? Exactly. Um, the nice thing about uh, the facility in Marlton is it's three rinks, the same size, the same surface. The bad thing is it's outside. <laughs> sure. right so sure. if you end up with a rainy weekend well you're playing the rain um yeah. so absolutely i i i I, th- I think that's a wonderful model and i think that um new jersey like i said new jersey is, is very much ahead of where we are just talking to you is just a wealth of information that gives us ideas and um to danny to dan's point i mean that's something we've always talked about is not not necessarily reinventing any wheels, but just sort of like you said, following the guide, you know, what rules you're playing under, make it consistent. And from our perspective, the MBHL, I can't believe how quickly it's grown. Um, our treasurer, Scott, is from, uh, grew up in Gloucester, but he, he works at Disney now. He's playing in the MBHL in Florida. He lives in, he lives close to Orlando, uh, obviously, since he works down there, but he's going to be playing the NBHL, the Florida division. So it's just, it's just amazing how well Anthony has – this thing has taken off and the publicity it's getting that um, for what you're doing, I, I can see you guys, you know, blowing this up too and expanding and, and you know, and we'll be a big fans, you know. So um, a lot of potential for sure. Excellent. Well, we should talk more about, uh, you know, having you guys as uh, maybe the first franchise first franchisee. We, that would that would be cool. We have, you know, like Danny mentioned, we we're in a unique situation because, um, like Danny said, we, there's not a lot of rinks. I mean, our rink is going to be 160 by 80. Um, it's you know fairly typical for regulation size, but it's going to be the only one around. You know, the closest thing is is probably Lemonster uh, in in like I said, Pittsburgh, and that like I told you, that's an hour and a, that's an hour and an hour and fifteen minutes away. So, for us, we're really kind of trying to introduce this as a new market. Um, and and to your point, though, we have a lot of ice hockey players. You know, ice is pretty dominant in Massachusetts, obviously, with high school hockey and things like that. Whereas I think our program has been successful on a basketball court. You know, we, we're going to have we're trying to incorporate more kids that are just not from our local area. And some of the conversations is, you know, 
kids are more likely to plan a real facility than a basketball court. You know what I mean? So you grew up like, like we did playing in our streets and things like that. You know what it's like. Um, but uh, we've, we've got our work cut out for us as well. So, but it's, it's a great challenge more than it's, we're fortunate more than anything. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated. So with, you mentioned the girls program, same setup. Tell us a little bit about that. So the girls program set up a little bit different. Um, it's a draft league and it's from sixth to 12th graders. Um, okay. uh, obviously I, I, we, we wouldn't be able to draw enough female participation from any one school to fill out a, a roster. Well, we don't okay. think so. Um, and we, we really want the, um, the girls to be able to continue to play and play at a higher level. And we've seen that, that they want it also. Um, Jason Kelly called me last year and asked me if I would be interested in helping with the uh, Team New Jersey 16U um, yep. team that, that played last year. We played in a couple of tournaments uh, out at clubs. Uh, and then we went up to um, Tiverton, Rhode Island to play. And we played in Buffalo at the uh, Future Stars. It was awesome event. Um, that was that's awesome. a facility. I, I was actually, I was there. I oh, you were there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was an awesome event. But anyway, yeah, that, that facility is amazing. Um, Beautiful facility. Yeah, loved yeah. it. So I, I I particularly like the rope course over the uh, <laughs> over the rinks. That was that was kind of strange, but that was it was. Yeah. yeah, I I I took pictures and I sent them to Dan. Um, which the only I talked to um, Steve Gregory down there. And the only thing that he said is he would like to have tile on both of those rinks. Although I like the concrete. The concrete looked real slick anyway. But <laughs> I don't know how your girls felt about it out there. But, you know, I, the, the, I, I would like to have tile. The concrete's not so bad. Uh, my first experience with the, the concrete was when we went to uh, Bratislava and uh, yeah. we, we played over there with the, uh, with the juniors. And that was, uh, it's really slick. Um, it's, it's slippery. Um, but, you know, the kids, they adjust really quick to the game. They really do. Um, That's awesome. So, I, so Jason called me and said, hey, would you be interested in helping um, coach the team. And I said, sure, I, I, you know, that, that'd be, sounds fun. Um, and it was a blast. Um, it was, it was a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, I've, I've coached all female teams, uh, in the past, um, but for a different sport for soccer, um, probably seven, eight, nine years, uh, coaching my, my niece in, in soccer. Um, and we had, we had a really good time, but we also saw that there's a, a void, um, in leagues for all female teams and, and for female players. Um, so we decided to, to give this a shot. Um, I didn't think uh, last year that sixth grade girls could play with, you know, 11th, 12th grade girls, um, but that's not the case. They, they absolutely can. Um, awesome. As you, as you both said, you have young, young children that are female, right? Yeah. You'll, you'll learn that they grow up faster than boys. Um, <laughs> my, my daughter's the oldest, you know, she was full grown way quicker than the boys are. Probably still not full grown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Um, so they, uh, the, the league will be sixth to 12th graders. We'll probably have, you know, four to six teams. I'm going to try to get 15 again on the on, on team each. Um, but that'll be a draft league. So, you know, we'll get some volunteer coaches and sit around and make the teams as even as we can and, and let them have at it. That's awesome. That, I mean, uh, we're, I mean, obviously with having daughters, we're always trying to figure out ways to make, make sure that they're staying active and um, they feel equal, you know, for sure. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great experience. Yeah. I actually think girls are easier to coach than boys. They listen better. Um, you know, just, that's it. They just listen better. Girls listen better than boys. 
That's you know, our, our dad says the same thing about yeah. when he, he coached girls ice hockey. So, <laughs> um, Dan and I, we don't know sometimes if our kids even listen to us when we're coaching, right, Dan? <laughs> well, yeah, that was our that was our concern was starting the the chipmunk league. Um, was just that idea that you know we need our kids to understand that you wear the coaches because they are really good, you know, in gymnastics class and in school. You know, they wear out their listening ears. And by the time they get home, but, um, we were, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised, you know, they did a really good job this year. It was more my son who's on the young, on the young side who, um, you know, was, you know, tired off in the corner, you know, wanting to just, you know, shoot the ball and not actually do the drill, but he's only, he was in, he wasn't even three at the time. So, you know, he wouldn't be allowed out there if he wasn't, you know, a family member. So yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) That's true, Scott. He's got he's got some skill already, though, which is which is great. Um, I have, I think I have two more questions, Dan. If you have anything, just chime in. I, I just this is from basically for you. It's it's you know what are your goals for the game of ball hockey, and and what are you most excited about as this future continues here? I guess what I'm I'm most excited about is is what I've seen is is the growth over the last three to four years. Um, with uh, both USA ball hockey and NBHL, that there is a, a national hockey league now, you know, a national ball hockey league that's pulling in players from all over the country um, and not just a bunch of uh, splintered groups. Um, and, and I think that that needs to be continued to work on uh, to get us all under one umbrella, all under one governing body. It's been a little bit of a sticking point uh, for a few decades now of, you know, who's the governing body, what are the rules, um, and I think ball hockey really needs to to, to get all, all the programs on the same page. Um, you know, I, I guess that's that's the main that's the main goal. Um, the same same page for for rules and code of conduct and um, you know just generally in how the game is is run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the most confusing things is that we're, we're, whereas, you know, Danny and I have, I've said this a million times already, I apologize. It's, you know, we grew up primarily playing the game of ice hockey, which you already know there's, it's, it's, it's a similar model. It's town teams, it's club teams or select teams that you play for, you know, and then this idea that, you know, some kids want to play college hockey, especially in, in, in the Boston area. It's like a dream come true if you can make Boston University and play in the Beanpot. Um, and then, you know, obviously playing playing in the NHL. But my my whole point to this thing is, is that there's usually this, you know, there's USA Hockey that mandates a lot of these rules that organizations follow. Um, and and in Massachusetts, it's it's amazing because, like, like you had mentioned, um, you, you know the bigger organizations that have been around for years. They Like, Fitchburg has three rinks. Lemonster has three rinks. But then there's these, like, small little places right around Boston that have these rinks. But you wouldn't even know anything about them you, you, because they don't, they don't have, like, an actual organization. Does, does that make sense? So you're like, how do you start to, in, you know, incorporate these people um, to see if they're even interested in, 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 in joining a governing body? So for us, as being, I still call us newbies, you know, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out like how we're going to run our organization, what rules that we plan or things like that. So um, that's a long winded rant on 
agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough thing, especially for, uh, for for organizations that have been around for a long time that are used to running things their way um, to have now to, I'll say, you know, bend themselves and, and, and kind of re, reinvent themselves to fall under, you know, a governing body's uh, umbrella. Um, you know, there's challenges there um, from, you know, playing role challenges to coaching certification challenges to insurance challenges. Um, and the same thing for folks that are starting, you know, new rinks. It's, you know, what rules are we going to play under? Are we going to play ball, street, deck, you know, you know, who, who's going to be our official ball, you know, you know, who's going to handle our, you know, conflict resolutions, you know, what code of conduct are we going to live under? Um, all, all that kind of stuff. When we started the, the high school ball hockey league, um, kind of pulled in all of the local rule books, all of the code of conducts. Um, we made our code of conduct much stricter than any of the, you know, ones that were around incorporated, you know, some of the, rule books. Uh, we have a rule book online. We didn't write it. It's a combination of, you know, everybody's rule book that's come before us. Um, but yeah, it would, it would be good to have a, a universal rule book, a universal code of conduct. Um, so when a player acted out in, you know, you know, say the Marlton tournament that when he went to the Pittsburgh tournament, he was still held accountable. It would, it would eliminate, I think a lot of issues you know, on, on rinks. Um, yeah. The, the, the governing body, um, I know you mentioned Corey, Corey before. Uh, Corey and Chris Banks and, and, and the folks that are running USA Ball Hockey, they're doing a hell of a job. I, I was involved with, as I mentioned before, with the, the juniors with Ashy uh, yeah. for, for a couple of go-arounds. Chris Banks actually uh, dragged me into that, into that position. I uh, had a great time, great time doing that for, for five, six years. Um, it's not easy. They have their work cut out for them. Um, you know, every, every, every time they want to try to um, bring somebody on board, it, it, it brings up a whole host of issues. Um, and every rink, every facility has their own quirks that they have to, to try to manage through. It's, it's not easy. It's a full-time job, especially, you know, they're all volunteers, right? There's nobody's getting paid in this industry. Um, right. You know, there's still no scholarships. If you're playing ball hockey, it's because you love it. Um, if you're running a league, it's because you love it. Um, right. You're not doing it to pay your mortgage. Right. Absolutely. I mean that that's a that's a that's a great point. I mean, like you said, a lot of our, I mean, the, the volunteering aspects. Uh, you know, it's that's what I and Dan and I we 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 did a podcast last year with um, some guys that were going to play in the U.S. Nationals, not U.S. Nationals, the uh, U.S. Outdoor Championship that's up in Pittsburgh. So it's it's held in Pittsburgh. And it's just, it's amazing, like, the dedication that, that guys still have to play this game um, from even practicing, you know. I was, I was making the joke. You don't see, you know, high school men's, uh, excuse me, ice hockey men's leagues, you know, having practices and things like that. You know, usually it's once a week people are, you know, skating and having a good time. And, but um, there's some, it, it, I, I love, that's what I love most about this is, is there's a lot of passion and, um you know, where we, we have, we still have so much to learn ourselves. Um, but, but yeah, I can, I can see this some, some quirky things for sure. And, yeah. then, and like I said, when we went, when we went to the U S nationals, like uh, we we're preparing, preparing our team for, you know, they don't play floating blue. It's, it's red line offsides. So right. we had to prepare our kids for that rule where, um, 
you know, you know what I mean? If we go and play in Fitch, uh, not Fitchburg, if we go, yeah, if you go to play in Fitchburg, they're going to play floating blue um, and things like that. So it's, it's, you know, there's combinations in the game anyway. But. Yeah. When, when I, uh, when I was the commissioner for Marlton, we played center line offsides in our uh, rec league. And then, sorry, we played, sorry, we played floating blue in our rec league. And then we yeah. went to tournament. When my kids were small, we played uh, center line offsides. Center line offsides. Um, center line offsides. And then that was that was switched, oh, I'm going to say 10 years ago, maybe maybe a little longer, um, where they switched to, to floating blue. But, um, you know, you know, switching, switching mid, mid-hockey season is difficult, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good point. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Um, Dan, did you have any other questions for Scott? Uh, well, in a sense, I have a lot of questions around the intricacies of the league setup, but I think obviously as we were trying to wrap up time, um, you know, we wouldn't get into too many more details about like, just kind of curious on the, the cost or how it is managed. And, you know, do you have to actually pay for the, um, the time on the rinks or are they mostly public rinks? And then um, talking about rules made me think of, referees and things like that actually getting trained and paid and things like that so there's obviously a lot of uh, the devils in the details but yeah i mean i can give you i can give you a quick quick synopsis of all that if you want Um, sure so the the high school ball hockey league um the the only guys who don't get paid are the guys that run the league um everybody (laughs) everybody else is and the guys who coach right everybody else is getting paid the refs get paid the video guys get paid uh, the guy who does the score clock gets paid, and that was really set up because um, there's been a, a a wholehearted shift in youth sports in the country that uh, people want to just pay their fee, come and have their kids play, and then leave. Um, the volunteer aspect of of youth sports and and helping um, is is on a on a steady decline is what we've seen. So when we set up our budgets, um, every everybody gets paid. Um, our refs get get paid we have a really good ref crew there were uh some seasoned vets and some some young guys and then we bring in some uh high school kids uh to help ref the the middle school division and you usually put uh a seasoned guy on with with them um cost um this year is going to be about 165 dollars a player for that you get your your jerseys your shorts and all of your fees and insurance included and of course as you know insurance is a is a a big chunk of change absolutely Um, but that's uh, you know that's how the high school and the middle school leagues are 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 set up. And what about um, uh, from a stats perspective? Do you guys use a, a system or do you? Is it manual? So um, so the first season, um, we collected all the score sheets, and I had a stat sheet going online, and we had uh, had a coach call me and said, hey. Um, is there a way we can get this kid uh, removed from the stat sheet? And I said, why? And he said, well, uh, one of the high school team coaches, you know, he played another sport. Um, it was football. Uh, <laughs> the, the coach the coach found out he was playing ball hockey on Sundays and told him he wasn't <laughs> allowed. So we for that season, we changed his name to John Smith on the stat sheet. <laughs> Uh, that's a true story. And then we just stopped doing stats because we didn't want to have issues. Um, so we <laughs> we tried to do the whole stat thing and, you know, keep track of points and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure the individual teams 
you know, I can tell you on my team, you know, the kids all, you know, they all joke about who the leading goal scorer is and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, um, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a question in there too about, you know, what if you play football and things like that. So, but yeah. So, so we, we kind of, uh, we, we don't publish rosters and who's on what team and all that kind of stuff anymore. Um, try to try to have as, as, the least amount of conflicts as possible. Makes sense. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Uh, any, anything else, Danny? I mean, I know. Yeah, I think that's mostly it that I can think of. So. Yeah. I'm, like I said, Scott, I mean, thank you so much for doing this today. I, I can't stress enough I, how impressed I am with everything that you've been able to accomplish with growing these leagues. Um, I follow you guys on, on the Facebook page and, um, just so impressed with the work you've done. You've been at it for a long time, so so thank you for all that commitment. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and um, hopefully we'll uh, you and I will Dan will stay in touch anyway. But uh, again, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So yeah, thank you. Um, so next time, I think we're gonna have uh, our friend uh, Ryan Wilson come on and talk uh, a little bit of referee uh, on the next podcast. I you know I just. Um, I know it's been a little while since we've been kind of on hiatus with a lot of other things going on, but, um, oh, Scott, is there a way that people can reach out to you if they have questions? I apologize. I forgot about that. Yeah, absolutely. They can uh, reach out to us, uh, through the Facebook page or, uh, you know, you can instant message, message me there, or you can send us an email. Um, it's highschoolballhockey at gmail.com. And of course we have our own website, which is highschoolballhockey.com. You can jump on there and fill out a form. Excellent. So um, really, really bright future. I mean, I, I can't say it enough, Dan. I mean, I'm so impressed with what they do in New Jersey anyway. I mean, the NBHL started there. Now you have your high school ball hockey league. You got a middle school league, girls playing. It's just, it's really impressive. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I hope that we can somehow include ourselves in this in the, in the future, but um, I don't know what you think. Any last thoughts? No, yeah, <clears throat> I think that's it. I think it's it's really exciting because the biggest challenge we've had, you know, in our program is basically kids age out after 14 and they've had and they don't have anything to do or, you know, if they if they really are passionate about the sport. And that's why things like this and going to the U.S. Nationals uh, in Lemonster and exposing everybody, say, through this podcast and through all of our other mediums, you know, is 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 to get kids to excited about it. That way we can better compete with hockey players and have a, a really good outlet for off ice training, even if your overall goal is ice hockey. So, you know, learning more about the intricacies of how to run something like this and expose it to the greater North shore, because the radius isn't that terrible. Like, you know, there's a lot of towns that would be willing to drive to Gloucester, Massachusetts, because of the state-of-the-art facility. So I think that's also the exciting part. You know, if they have a 60-mile radius and people are willing to drive that because they're good facilities, it's good competition, you know, it'll work out as well, even if we only have, you know, say our facility. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. For sure, yeah. So we'll um, we'll uh, reconvene. Um, I know the weather is, I, I don't know if I'll be able to come down and skate soon with this, 60 degree weather we have <laughs> with your rink but uh i know you shovel uh, it one day and it's melted the next day you know 
So, but um, but anyway, we'll we'll be back with uh, like I said, uh, um, I want to say Corey Wilson. That's Ryan's brother, but Ryan's going to come on and talk a little bit about USA ball hockey and 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 what it's like, to, what it takes to be a referee. And he's got great stories anyway. So, um, till next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to Scott, and um, we will see you next time on the Sweet Hockey Life. All right. Thank you.